Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, how you doing? Week 17. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy holidays. It's been a crazy couple days here and a lot of action, a lot of news, playoff news, trying to juggle the holidays and, you know, along with, with the, the job, it's been not, a, not an easy deal, but it's been fun. Um, did, you get, did you stay out of the doghouse with all the uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day uh, working? I'm working my way out of the doghouse. I would not say I'm out. Well, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. It's fine. <laughs> These things work themselves out. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different... Let's start with the news. Rex Ryan fired. Probably not surprising. I guess what's surprising is they did it on a Tuesday. I mean, talk about, you know, the thing about Rex, uh, excuse me, Gus uh, Bradley's firing last week is that they didn't even let him get on the team plane before they fired him. These guys in Buffalo wait to Tuesday after playing a Saturday game to fire the coach when you should be already on your game plan. It probably has something to do with the with the quarterback situation, don't you think? I mean, ESPN reported that they're going with Manuel because they don't want to get Taylor hurt because he, they owe him so much money, so it's a business decision. Rex probably didn't like it. They said, well, we're going to fire you anyway, so go ahead. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe that does go hand in hand. And, you know, there's talk that it could be a Buccaneers-like situation, you know, that they – they keep the coordinator and, you know, Lynn, and I would think if they do that, then they keep Taylor. I would be shocked if they move on from one and not the other or vice versa. Um, but it seems like it was a foregone conclusion. And, you know, what you're hearing lately is ownership told Rex that at the beginning of the year that if you, uh, if you don't make the playoffs, you're out. And he didn't make the playoffs, so they're living up to their end of the bargain. And who knows what they'll do. Um, to me, he's a quality head coach. I'm sure he rubs people wrong and can wear people out at times. But um, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, there's a lot of moving parts right now, you know, including the quarterback situation. How do things progress from here? Yeah, and obviously they're going to keep the GM. They've already announced that he's going to be doing the coaching search. Lots of reports that him and Rex didn't get along. I, the way I look at Rex is that he's probably a lot of fun to have around if you're winning, but the act wears pretty thin quickly if you're losing. And 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 they've lost in Buffalo. They you know they they won some in New York and it worked for a while there. They never won in Buffalo with Rex. Not to mention that you know if you were to look at one area of the team that you were to blame, it would be the defense, you know, and he's a yeah. defensive guy with his defensive brother, you know, the defense is not getting better. Right. And they obviously didn't like Rob Ryan. I mean, oh, you know, hey, you're fired, and by the way, take your brother with you. You know, they could have kept him for a week. 
Yeah, I guess. But, you know, the relation part. Um, right, you know, here's right. a question but for you, and I think you and I have had this conversation on this podcast. I mean, if Rob Ryan's last name was Williamson, would he be a coordinator anywhere? Right. Yeah. Right. His, his yeah. track record is not all that Does Rick started. get hired as a head coach anywhere? I think he should go to the TV booth. What's that? I think Rick should go to the TV booth. I think he'd be great there. He obviously enjoys life. You know, he goes to his son's games at Clemson on cut down day. He goes to the game seven of the World Series during a, a, a work week. He enjoys life. Being in the TV booth would be something that he'd be really good at and he could also have a balance of life. And I don't know who would hire him at, right now as a head coach. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, he seems like one of those guys that needs a year away before teams start thinking, well, well, maybe we should go to the Ryan pool again, you know, <laughs> and the booth seems like the ideal spot for him. He'd bring, he'd be entertaining. There's no question. Well, think how cool he'd be on Monday Night Football. I mean, you know, John Gruden sits there and compliments everybody because he doesn't want to alienate anybody because he may coach them again. Rex wouldn't have that filter. Rex would just cut loose and be awesome. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty safe to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he would not hold back. Yeah. Well, we got a lot to talk about, and one of the things I want to talk about is one of the first things that happened in Week 16, and that was the Giants losing. And I know you've been very critical of Eli Manning's play this year, justly so. He's not playing well. And you put a tweet out, and I thought it was really interesting. He said, is Eli Manning done? Is that possible? I mean, I think that, you know, his older brother played forever and Brady's going so strong in his upper 30s, you know, 40, getting nearing 40, that I think we kind of take for granted that some of these really strong career quarterbacks just play forever. And it's not the norm. At some point, yeah. But, you know, at some point your body doesn't do it anymore. And he's not making the throws, he's not making people around him better. Um, I, I'm not saying he's done, but I think you need to ask that question. And, you know, if you're the Giants, I think you have to consider using a second-round pick on a quarterback. I mean, in less than the next couple of games, he goes crazy and looks like his old self. Or um, there's no contingency plan in place, and he's a, a liability right now. Well, he's going to turn 36 years old in a couple of days, January 3rd. So, I mean, that is the zone where they could lose it, you know. Yeah. But the Giants are in a tough spot because they're probably not. They're probably going to be delusional about it. Go with him next year, and then if he's really falling off the cliff now, it will be dramatic next year, and they're not going to win ten games with that. Right, right. And, and the defense has been fan, fantastic, and you know maybe they can be a little bit better running the ball going forward. But they're so Odell centric, and you know it's hard to to hide a quarterback that's not playing well, and he's the definition of that right now. Yep, yep. Let's go back to something that happened on Sunday and the Antonio Brown play. I don't know if people – if enough people realize just how awesome of a play that was and how gutsy of it was. And I mean, if he doesn't – I mean, he's inches away from losing that game because oh, they're not going to get another snap off. Yeah, and yeah, I, I 100% agree that he would not get another snap off. Um, you know, I'm here in Pittsburgh, and trust me, if if he doesn't get in, everyone's calling for Haley's job and Tomlin's job, and Ben's washed up, and Brown's not yes. as good as we thought he was, and why would they do that? And they're idiots, and 
Now everyone's talking about how they're going straight to the Super Bowl. I think it was a stunning, unbelievable way, <clears throat> and maybe, maybe even a little stupid because they he wasn't in the end zone where they don't you got to throw that ball in the end zone with, with with the ability to tie the game on the next down. I mean, you give it one shot in the end zone if it doesn't work, you go to overtime. But they didn't do that. They they went to win the game with risk involved, and it it worked out. But man, it was gutsy. It was, and, and I've talked about that, as you can imagine, too, locally here quite a bit. And part of me thinks that when you make the play call that, uh, you know, Haley thinks that that route will probably end up at the goal line or, you know, a, a smidge over. But because of, you know, th- this is an imperfect science and the ball was a little behind him, it didn't get to that point, you know. So I don't know that the play call was wrong, but in a way the execution may have been slightly wrong. I certainly agree that there's no way that they get a second play off. You know, that's that one, it's that or bust. And and the other thing, a couple things that were lost in that whole transaction was there was a bad face mask on the play too that the announcers never mentioned. That you know never got called. <laughs> and Weddle's hanging on the face mask the whole time. And then you know the the use check run just a minute or so before that was probably as nice a play as the Brown play. And, you know, we totally forget about right. that one now because it got overshadowed. That's, you know, that's what classic games are all about, you know, plays that we, we forget to talk about. Um, you know, I mean, it was, remember, I'm rambling a little bit here, but Trinan Holiday had two punt return, re- returns in that game that Baltimore beat Peyton Manning in double overtime in super cold weather in Manning's first year in Denver. You know, we forget that Trinidad Holiday had two returns for touchdowns in that game because of all the craziness that happened at the end of the game. And that's what classic games are all about. And this was just a terrific version of the Steelers and the Ravens. Absolutely. And it was a really good football game no matter who won. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no question about it. Yeah. Now, the day before, Derek Carr's injury was huge. And I got to tell you, I've covered the league a long time. And as far as non-life-altering injuries go, that was the saddest thing I've ever seen on a football field. Wow. Because it was Christmas Eve. They're playing their best game of the year. Their MVP guys are having a great year. The place is going nuts. They're going to playoffs for the first time in 14 years. He hasn't been touched all game. He gets First time he gets sacked, first sack, Donald Penn gets up all season, and he breaks his leg. And you can see it on his face immediately. And... The entire team's face dropped. Jack Del Rio was shocked the rest of the game. Khalil Max going out to help his best buddy. It was just heartbreaking. And, I mean, what's your thoughts on this car thing? I mean, can they bounce back from it? Yeah, and I think the answer is no. You know, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, McGloin's okay. I mean, you probably have a better feel for him even than I do. But, I mean, he's. It's a big, big loss, and, you know, I love Mac. I like the way Irvin's playing, but I don't think the defense is equipped to step up and be, you know, a playoff-winning type defense on its own. Um, I would think they'll run the ball a little more. You know, the line is very good, you know, and Crabtree and especially Cooper have really – not done much of late, you know, and maybe they can step up and bail their quarterback out a little bit more. They certainly need Crabtree's to. Crabtree's banged up, though. Yeah. What's that? 
Crabtree's pretty banged up right now. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, hopefully they get the bye. They could certainly use it and more practice time and all those wonderful things. But I look at the AFC, and I think it's a three-horse race, you know, with New England clearly leading the field and then the Steelers and the Chiefs and then those other three teams with, you know, questionable quarterback or new quarterbacks or whatever just trying to win a game or two. Yeah, and that and that sucks because if the Raiders, if Carr didn't get hurt, it would be a four, four, you know, team race in the AFC. And that's put, the difference between four and three is the difference between some exciting playoff games. And I think the Raiders can maybe beat Houston. You know, I posed yeah. this question on uh, on Twitter, and some Raider fans who are still very much in the morning phase, and I get that, didn't get it. But here's the situation: if they lose at Denver, they're the number five seed, and Kansas City's number two seed. What would you rather have? And it's probably a question in retrospect. Would you rather go to Houston and beat them, and then lose in the divisional round on the road, or host a divisional game and get blown out by Pittsburgh? And you know, they both end at the same time, but at least you get a playoff, extra game in the playoffs, and more experience. Because I just don't think this thing's going to go very much further than the divisional round, but. They could beat Houston. Um, I think they could beat Miami. I just don't know anywhere they play Miami, you know. Um, it would be in the title game, and I just don't see the Raiders and Miami both getting that far. And I think they'll get beat pretty handily by the Patriots, Steelers, or Chiefs. Yeah, uh, you know, and yeah, I'm here in Pittsburgh, and I always reference that, and, I'm, and everyone's here is going, oh, we get to play Matt Moore and then Matt McGloin, and, you know, then, then we'll play the Patriots. You know, like, it's nothing to it. I mean, you can't take those games for granted. But, I mean, if you're the, you're the Patriots, I mean, you've got to look around the AFC and be like, there's only two teams I'm slightly worried about, and who knows yeah. even when they get to us. Yeah. Yeah. That is it's, unfortunate. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt. There's something. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Raiders, they, their puck marks are too big for them to, to overcome the loss of Derek Carr. They're going to run the ball. They, they can run the ball, and I think they beat Denver because they can run the ball. You think but they win this week? It's not. What's that? You think they win this week, though? I do because I think Denver's in the tank, and maybe yeah, and they can't stop the run. And and the Raiders ran for 218 yards against Denver in November, so I do think the Raiders are going to win this game. And then they will get the number two seed, and I, you know I think Pittsburgh will beat Miami, and Steelers win by 14 in Oakland. Um, but it, it's not as much that the problem isn't. I don't think that Matt McGloin is the quarterback. It's that Derek Carr isn't the quarterback. <laughs> right, He's right. been the difference for these guys. I mean, you seem to know me. I'm sure you're, close, you're way closer to the team than I am, of course. But from what I understand, McGloin's a real gym rat and a smart dude and should be able to handle the mental side of things. But he's undersized, and he doesn't throw the ball nearly as well, and he's just got an average arm. And, you know, he's I mean, Carr has That's some special skills that – like you said, I mean, it's not like, hey, McGloin, you're terrible. It's just we missed this really good player in a huge, important position. Yeah, yeah I, I, McGloin's a backup. He's going to have his limitations. But, I mean, to his credit, he needed to make two throws in that game against the Colts to keep the clock going on third down, and he made them both. He's very gutsy. He has some gunslinger in him, um, and he does. He, that's why he's looked good in the preseason because he just kind of goes. Um but that's going to catch up to you. That's why the Raiders are going to have to run the ball. But, 
you know, with a defense that gives up big chunk plays with regularity, they're just not going to be able to keep up with Pittsburgh or, or the Patriots. And if you can't beat Kansas City with Derek Carr twice, how do you beat them without them? So that's why those three teams look like big roadblocks to me. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. I really do think it's very much a three-horse race in the AFC. Yeah. I'm hesitant to say such things because, you know, history's taught us that anything can happen. But, man, I mean, uh, somebody's going to have to go to New England and beat New England. That itself is going right. to be a chore. And, right. you know, going to Pittsburgh is not going to be easy. Or going to Kansas City if they get the two seed, not, no fun at all. Pretty interesting statement by the Cowboys last night in a game that they didn't have to win, but they just smoked a, a team fighting for the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> really, no doubt. I mean, Dez on a reverse throws the lefty, you know, touchdown to Witten, and they're just out there having fun. And yeah. uh, you get to sit Zeke and Elliott, or and Prescott played extremely well. And I think the defense is really intriguing. I mean, they're so well coached under Marinelli. They're starting to get pass rushers in this David Irving character and Gregory, and the secondary is pretty good. That I don't look at the defense now and think that it's a liability. I mean, I think the defense is okay, and that might be good enough to get them, right. you know, get them through, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the offense is extremely hard to play against. Everybody knows that, um, and you know, Dak just keeps proving everybody wrong that he's never going to come back to earth. And uh, yeah, they're a handful, man. You know what's interesting, changing, staying in the NFC, but, you know, everybody's saying how dangerous the Packers are, and I'm certainly not <clears throat> arguing that fact. But a couple of things happen, and they're not even in the playoffs. I mean, people think that the Packers may right, just run it right through, and they've won five in a row. But if they lose at Detroit and Washington beats the Giants, the Packers aren't in the playoffs. So the Packers may be a Super Bowl threat, but... We, they may not even get there. Who do, who do you think wins that game, Packers or Lions? I think Green Bay is the far superior team right now. Although the the thing nobody's talking about is everyone's talking about, hey, Jordy's back and you know Rodgers is playing as an MVP. And I, I do think if he wins on you know the next week that he would be my vote for MVP. And he's putting the team on his shoulders. But they played a bad Vikings offense, and they're – their defense didn't really show up. You know, their secondary issues reared their head against a bad Vikings team, and they didn't run the ball. I mean, so their defense and running game seemed to kind of come and go. You know, that mm-hmm. if those two, two things are down against Seattle or Atlanta or Dallas, you know, I mean, Green Bay's not going to steamroll everybody, but they are a great story. They're the hot team. Certainly they're the, quote, team you don't want to play. You know, they're the last team you want to play right now and all those great things, but – I mean, they're not perfect. Yeah, but who is, right? I mean, no, with that yeah. offense can can hide some warts, certainly. Yes, there's no doubt about that. We're going to talk a lot about this in the next few weeks. But can what do you think about the Falcons? I'm kind of really keeping my eye on this team. Is maybe maybe they got a shot to go a long way? I don't like their defense. I mean, no. I don't hate it. But if you look at the 12 teams in the postseason, they're right at the bottom of me in terms of their defenses. You know, not this, you know, but they've won games anyways. But the offense, I think, is the best in the league. What's huge to me with the Falcons is Seattle losing. I mean, getting that by and hosting games in the Dome, I think, sets up really well for them. That they don't have to go to 
Green Bay or New York or some bad weather place. You know, they can play their game on a fast surface without weather being an issue. And even if they, you know, win out and have to go to Dallas, weather's not going to be an issue. So I know they run the ball well, but I don't think they're equipped to be a bad weather team. And the defense is a play fast in the dome type of defense. So I think that helps them a ton that they with the home field advantage. If I told you, hey, I crystal the ball and I'm, Falcons are in the Super Bowl, would that would you fight that? Would would that surprise you at all? No, you know, I mean, I think the NFC is more competitive than the AFC. I mean, we talked about three teams in the AFC, half the teams in the AFC that we really don't think have a chance to win it. Where if Seattle got hot or if Eli got hot or Green Bay comes in flying or Atlanta and, you know, obviously Dallas. Um, Even Detroit I, I with, with, with the easy, quarterback. But, you know, they can win a couple of games. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Yeah. So that's five teams. That's five out of six. That's not bad. That's, that, that's a competitive playoff. Yes, although I don't have a lot of faith in the Giants. Not even with that defense? I mean, I, I, I certainly respect the defense. I think it's very good, and Odell's playing crazy well. I just think Manning, like we talked about earlier, is a hindrance in the O-line and lack of running game, and you know. Yeah. Going switching over to AFC for a little bit, and the Miami Dolphins, a team that we've kind of talked about as far as them being in the clump that we don't like. Because that running back of theirs, I mean, the way you win on the road in the playoffs is to run the ball down the opponent's throats. Could he lead them to a win or two? I mean, they're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. where do you think they're at? Probably Pittsburgh. Right, but, I mean, where do you think they are in terms of competitiveness? And there's a, there's talk that Tannehill might even come back, and I very much believe in Ajayi. Uh, and Moore's been okay. I mean, he's not bashful, that's for sure, you know, that they uh, their defense is okay. I mean, I think that Dolphins fans should be very excited about what's happened to their team this year and Gase and, you know, big picture, everything's looking mm-hmm. very rosy and very exciting there and they'll get some uh, some uh playoff experience and they whipped the Steelers the first time they played them I mean that game wasn't even competitive so uh, I mean I bet you have the right? players they're not fearing the Steelers right now a different Steelers team right I mean they, they sure. have, they're banged up and the Steelers seem to have taken the next step you know in their season <clears throat> it's going to be a cold weather game and that, that could be a really interesting game no question. No question. But, I mean, I just know how the the fans are reacting here in Pittsburgh. They already think that they're walking into the, the AFC Championship game. And uh, my thoughts are easy, you know, easy. You know, Miami whipped you the last time they played them. So they're already one, two games. They're already in New England. Right. We're playing backup quarterbacks. They can't beat us. We're hosting a game. The Raiders are no good. We'll be fine. We'll crush them. And I don't see it that way. Well, I, yeah, I mean, the, the best thing for the fans is that the Steelers themselves aren't looking at it that way. So they could be delusional, but I'm sure Tomlin has it, you know, on the uh, has them focused. You know what? I, I wasn't even going to mention it. I didn't think of it. But what's your thoughts being a Pittsburgh guy about the Terry Bradshaw, Mike Tomlin feud? I think it's hilarious, but I'm not there. I loved Tomlin's response today. He slayed him. He had three days to think about it, but he delivered. 
I actually did not hear the response. What was basically what did he say? Well, I mean, he went on. It, it was a long deal, and he said, "Look, at, you know, there's not that many great coaches. There's 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 Belichick. There's Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs, and the rest of us are working stiffs." And he said, "But it is. I got it. On the other hand, being called a cheerleader is kind of, you know." unprofessional and seems a little bit of a cheap shot, but what do I know? I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan in Dallas, especially Hollywood Henderson, and that he stopped it. And Hollywood <laughs> Henderson, of course, was the guy who nearly 40 years ago said that Terry Bradshaw couldn't spell cat if he spotted him the C and the A. So I, I that was a brilliant that, response. But... I did like that, and Tomlin's very bright, and he's very articulate, and he's great to listen to. But my take on it, I mean, I think the cheerleader thing's out of line. I mean, he's proven that he's can win a lot of games in this league, and he's not a bum, and he's not just living off the players around him or whatever. But uh, my thoughts on it are, as a national analyst myself, if somebody asked me, Where's Tom, is Tomlin a great coach? Is he one of the best coaches in the league? I would say no. I would say he's a B-level coach. You know, that I could come up with five, six, seven names I would put ahead of him. You know, certainly Belichick and, you know, a handful of guys. Um, does that mean he's, you know, not equipped to lead him to Super Bowls or he's not good at his job? Absolutely not. But if Bradshaw didn't play for the Steelers, nobody would have cared. You know, he had feuds with Noel and um, he doesn't live here anymore. And, if it would have been Michael Irvin that said it, or Troy Aikman, or Marshall Falk, nobody would think twice. Right. But it is—it's one of the all-time faces of the franchise, right? Ripping a respected coach who's been there ten years and has a Super Bowl of his own. So there's pretty juicy facets to this. There is, but people around here are overreacting for sure. Oh, you know, probably. Of it's just weird. <laughs> you know, but the right. weird thing about it is Terry Bradshaw has not made a career. He doesn't really rip people. He's just kind of the, you know, the the, the town gesture, you know, on that. He's just kind of the goofball. He's entertainment. He doesn't really make all these, doesn't have all these hot takes. He's usually just the, you know, the goofy guy sitting in the corner. So it was kind of strange for him to take a stance on this particular thing. Agreed, yeah. Uh, and I wish I would have heard the context he was asked and all those things, you know, because uh, you're right. You know, it, it, does he have something out? You know, he's had issues with the team before and wouldn't come back to the, town, the city for a long time and, you know, all these things. But Is Terry Bradshaw, I mean, because, you know, as time goes by and nationally, he, he's kind of, his reputation is kind of the guy who's kind of maybe along for the ride there instead opposed to like Joe Montana, who's the engine of that team. I mean, what's how's he regarded in Pittsburgh? Is he just an all-time favorite? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I was taught at an early age, you know, I was born in 73, that the defense is what rules the town, but Bradshaw is the most clutch quarterback you'd ever think and will play hurt and plays his best in the big game and no way that the Steelers win Super Bowl three and four without him. The first two or more, he was kind of along the ride, handing it to Franco, and the defense was awesome. But the defense wasn't the same at the end there, and it was Bradshaw to Swan and Stalls, and you know they got a lot more aggressive throwing downfield, and you know, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a conversation now in town, Ben or Bradshaw, but 
Bradshaw's loved. Right. Yeah, because Bradshaw, I mean, when, when they talk about the all-time great quarterbacks, Bradshaw is never in that conversation. No. And I actually did it in my favorite quarterbacks of all time, my top ten, and I think Bradshaw would have ended up 11. He didn't make it in there. Yeah, yeah. But, no, it's just, again, it's it's just talk. It's just chatter. But it, it's fairly juicy, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's probably unwarranted, too, because I – I'm a Tomlin fan from afar. I think he's, you know, I think he's, hey, he's been there 10 years. He, they're always, they're always, you know, a factor. And he's got a Super Bowl ring, and that's hard to do. And so I have a lot of respect for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good coach at all. I just, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's Belichick. I don't think he's in, the, yeah. you know, a whole thing. And he says himself today. Like I said, he had three days to craft that thing, and he spent every minute of those three days working on it. And he delivered. But, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the Seahawks a little bit. I mean, it's, we keep saying, boy, I didn't expect them to lose that game. I didn't expect them to lose that game. And, and we're getting awfully close here. And, and, and now they're losing the game at home. Um, the defense is just not the same about Earl Thomas, is it? And, and you call that way early on. Uh, he's extremely, extremely important. But I still think the defense – is good enough to win the Super Bowl without Earl Thomas. You know, that to me, that's not what's going to hold them back if they get held back. And I've been on this, the Seattle bandwagon forever, and I keep thinking, boy, they're going to get hot at the end of the end of the year, and they're going to be the juggernaut that is just rolling through the NFC. And now it looks like they got to go on the road, and uh, the offensive line is just bad. You know, and yeah. Lockett gets hurt, and it just kind of feels like it's not their year. Right. And it's kind of been that way all year long. They had the injuries early, and it's just they've never – we thought they were going to catch fire, and that was my Super Bowl team as well. But, like I said, it's it's getting late, and they haven't figured it out yet. I think they will play an entertaining – the game they lose, they'll be in that game whenever that may be. You know, I mean, I don't think we're going to be an easy out, but I just don't know if they have what it takes to run right through. Agreed. But it wouldn't shock me if they did. You know, I mean, I still, yeah. uh, I would never sleep on that team. Right, right. Um, Blake Bortles looked good against the Titans. Uh, is, I mean, your thoughts on that? I mean, new coach, instant results. I mean, does that, do you keep Marone? Because, I mean, obviously getting the number three overall pick from two years ago straight is right up there in the, the chief task that franchise has to do. And that was a hell of a start for those two guys. It was. And, you know, I thought it was clearly the best Bortles has played all year. Is it a coincidence that that was the guy's, you know, first game coaching? I don't know. Uh, you would hope that you could see a couple more games with them together to get a better feel if Marone really should stay. Um, but I thought that was encouraging, you know, that – at least we saw a glimpse this year of what we thought Bortles could become. And Allen Robinson as well. You know, the, uh, to me, Allen Robinson is a huge key. The, the passing game has to go through him. He's been bad as well, and it's easy to dismiss it. Oh, it's because his quarterback stinks. Well, I mean, Robinson's been a problem too. And uh, I feel like somebody needs to shove their boot up both their butts and get them moving and working harder and working on the finer points of the game. Um, is Marone that guy? I don't know. Um, my thoughts, though, on the Jags are – 
even if Bortles plays great this next week and you feel confident about him and Marone's the guy or whoever you bring in feels confident that you can fix him, I think you're crazy if you don't bring somebody else in. You know, Jay Cutler or Mike Glennon or Romo mm-hmm. or a second-round pick. or I mean, somebody that's better than Chad Henney or has more of a future. Right. But I just found it interesting because by every account, Gus Bradley is a very likable guy. People are sad that he it didn't work out. They're certainly sad the way he went. So it wasn't like it was a statement by these two guys, Bortles and Robinson, hey, screw you, Bradley, we're shoving it up your butt by by playing hard. I don't think that's the case. I think somebody, like you suggested, shoved their foot up their butts and got them going. And it had to be Marone. And I don't know. I mean, you look at it two ways. Keep Marone. If it happens, if they play well again this week, or you say, hey, what's this? obviously these guys have it in them, so let's get somebody better than Marone and, and say Josh McDaniels. See what they did in those last two games? What, imagine what you can do with them. So right, right. I just found it very interesting there. Yeah, and again, I mean, people, I was out with some buddies the other night, and they're like, well, what happened to Bortles this year? And I basically said, it looked like he sat on his couch all off season and didn't work on any of his game. <laughs> you know, I mean, his motion went back to crap. He's you know, nothing. He got. He didn't get better at anything. And maybe right. he needs, you know, Tom Coughlin or whoever just to, to not let him slack. Right, right. Interesting. Last topic I want to talk about is what happened in Minnesota, and there seems to be a lot of changing stories and some covering up. But you know. <laughs> Zimmer basically said that his defensive backs changed the game plan freelance on on Jordy Nelson, and then it became a poor first series, but at least it happened. A, have you ever seen that before? And B, is that going to kill Zimmer in Minnesota? Never seen it before that I know of. I'm sure to some degree it's happened. And, that's, and what I don't know, and what we all don't know, is – Obviously, this is a, a bit of a drastic comparison, but is it like an, a quarterback coming to the line of scrimmage and audibling? You know, you see something that you change because you have the power to do so, and it didn't sound like that was the case by what Zimmer said. But what's really interesting is Terrence Newman's almost my age. I mean, this guy is unbelievably old for the cornerback position and still playing well, and one of the most underreported stories in the league, by the way. I mean, that's amazing what he's doing. But he mm-hmm. goes back to, with Zimmer – not only the Bengals, but all the way back to his Dallas days. I mean, these guys have been yeah, together. Yeah, Zimmer and him are buds. They're, they're tight. He's in Minnesota because of Zimmer. Right, and exactly. He's, exactly. He's still in the league and, because of him. You know I mean? So does he go to Rhodes and be like, hey, man, I know Zim. He'd want me to do this. You know? Or, I mean, I can't believe he'd be like, screw Zim. I'll, I'll handle it. You know, I know better. I mean, that, that would shock me if that came from Newman. Or if Rhodes does it, that Newman would allow it. You know? So... I would have to think, and maybe I'm just being naive or giving the benefit of the doubt, but you would think Newman thought that he was thinking through Zimmer's eyes because I can't believe that he's just like, ah, forget the coach, you know. know, He's been in the league since he's 38 years old or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That's exactly what I was thinking. But Zimmer was obviously pissed because he's the one one that put it out there. Nobody would have known. Well, that's what's odd about it, like you said, you know. Zimmer wasn't like, oh, he did the right thing. He made the changes I would have made anyways. You know, I trust Newman. You know, that that's not what happened at all. Zim was pissed about it. <laughs> right. So, so, but, I mean, you think this is, I mean, 
it's been a tough year in Minnesota, and I think they like Zimmerman, but again, there's been some rough patches. Do you think that they need a, a redo there or just chalk it up no. to one of those years? No, I just think it was a really unfortunate year. Going back to Teddy's break and losing Peterson, I mean, you forget about those things. And, and honestly, I think Bradford's better than, than Bridgewater, and going forward, Bradford would be my quarterback. Um, I, but their line just really – was the problem there, and they? So it was very clear. You would stick that with Bradford, huh? What's that? You would stick with Bradford, huh? I would. I think he's. I'm not a Bridgewater guy, and I never really have been. And I, I think Bradford gets a bum rap to some degree. Um, but if you look at the Vikings, I think they looked at this past off season and said, "We're a pretty good team. We have a really good young defense. Our coach is going to get a lot out of those guys." If we can reinforce our offensive line and find a, a top receiver, we're going to be really hard to beat. So they, they draft Treadwell in the first round, and they go out and sign Justin Boone and Andre Smith, and you get Berger back and get full load hold back. And two of those guys retire. The other guys get hurt. Treadwell can't even see the field. And so, like, none of the things that you thought you might have fixed got any better. And, in fact, they got worse, especially on the offensive line. So – and then, you know, Khalil and Smith get hurt, and uh, I just think that things couldn't have gone much more wrong for this team. Yeah, and with, I mean, and with some collateral damage as far as, you know, the draft picks they've given up, and, you know, I mean. Right, now they don't have a first. And... Yeah, yeah. You think, I, I, I'm going to write this week that this is probably it for Peterson in Minnesota. I mean, they probably move on, don't they? I would think so. I would think so. I mean, even who knows what he is. I mean, I'm sure he's still a very effective back. But even those first two games of the year that he did play before the line was totally destroyed, he did nothing. And I know it's a very small sample size. But you can't convince me that he's worth the money he's getting. I mean, he's getting crazy money for a running back. And at his age, he had a little off-the-field incidents, too, Um I think you cut them just because backs are easy to find. You know, if you can use that money on a left tackle, that's an easy decision to me. And then my next response is, boy, Adrian Peterson looks like a Patriot. Yeah, a a Patriot, (laughs) Packer, Bronco, you know, something like that. Yeah, right. Back up to Zeke in Dallas, you know. Yeah, I can see all those. But, yeah. Yeah, Patriot. Yeah, I, I've actually I had those four teams written down, and yeah, I can see the Patriot. I mean, that's so Belichick, isn't it? Exactly. You know, and I'm pretty sure Blunt's a free agent after the year. Yeah, we'll let's go get Peterson. Just grab a Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Well, great, great show. Next week we'll be talking playoffs, breaking down each of those four matchups, and we'll be talking coaching firings. So plenty of stuff coming up. Matt, Merry Happy New Year. Merry Christmas the other day. Uh, we will talk next week, uh, wild card round. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening to No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.